0: Well, good evening. I'd like to welcome you back to Spring Street Baptist Church. Looking forward again to uh, being able to meet together again, live and in person. Until then, we'll continue to do all the Lord will allow us to do. And we are thankful tonight to be able to join together via Facebook, over the Internet. Thankful again for that technology. Thankful that we serve a good God. Thankful that this has not taken Him by surprise that he is still sitting upon the throne. There's coming a day that if you are one of his children, if you've ever accepted Jesus Christ to be your Savior, uh, you will see him face to face. I look forward to that day, and I'm sure that uh, we draw nearer and nearer each day. And uh, again, just looking forward uh, to being able to see my Savior. glad to have you here with us tonight, and uh, looking forward to getting into the Word of God. But prior to that, let's do take just a few moments and go to the Lord in Word of Prayer. Father, again tonight, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the love that you've shown us, the love that was displayed uh, there at Calvary as as we reminisce and think about our Savior who freely gave his life there at that place that I might have life everlasting that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved and know that heaven is their eternal home. Father, for that we truly are eternally thankful. We're thankful tonight to be able to open your word. Lord, I thank you tonight to know that we still live in a country where we have freedom to gather together. We know that the day today is different than it has been in the past and that we are sure it will be in the future but we're thankful to be able to live in a country that we might be able to come together and not fear persecution as we share your word and worship one with another. Father, we come before you tonight knowing that uh, many who are on the other end of this broadcast have prayer requests that could be lifted up before you. Father, you know every name. You know every need. And so we pray that you would work as only you can, according to your perfect will. Father, I pray for our church. I pray for our members I pray especially for one tonight who's been sick for uh, quite a while now. And Lord, they continue to switch around medications and all of these things. And I just pray that you would touch her body. Lord, if it be your will, that that you would heal her. Father, just make her to be well. We thank you for uh, for her testimony. We thank you for uh, what she does here at our church. And we just pray that you would bless her in that. Father, we thank you again for your goodness. We thank you for the word of God that stands before us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us tonight as we open it, as we read from it, as we study it. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and encourage us according to your precious word. For we ask it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, we're looking at the book of Ephesians in chapter number 5. And I'm going to read uh, one verse, and that verse is number 16. The Bible says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, that word redeem literally means to buy up. It means to Make the most out of what has been given unto you. You asked a question today, how can I redeem the time? I'm stuck at home. We all know that word quarantine. We're not able to get out and do the things that we once did. We're not able to go and visit. We're not able to go knock doors. We're not able to go and witness. We're not able to do this, and we are not able to do that. But I'm encouraged to know that as the Apostle Paul has sit with pen in hand and began to write this letter, uh, that he is sitting in prison. He has been in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sure at this time it could be that he was sitting between two soldiers chained uh, to either one. And yet still he is writing uh, this epistle to you and I today. What does that mean to me? That means this, that no matter where we are, no matter what our circumstances, no matter what has befallen us, we are able to do something for the glory of Almighty God. Here we have the Apostle Paul who is in prison and yet he is writing epistles that he might encourage the church. Here we find throughout the scriptures that uh, the apostle would be in prison and he is preaching to whosoever would give ear unto him. I'm sure that the Roman guards that would uh, hold him hostage there had heard the gospel again and again and again. You cannot help but to think of that moment in the book of Acts. You've got the apostle Paul and you've got Silas and again they've been in prison and it's uh, uh, the middle of the night, and what do they do? They begin to pray, and they begin to praise God. And they begin to sing hymns and sing praises unto Him. And what happens there in that prison is that that, that jailer would accept the Lord Jesus Christ to be his Savior. Why? Because the Apostle Paul knew what it meant to redeem the time. The Apostle Paul knew exactly what it, uh, what, what it would take To make the most of every opportunity. The question I ask you, the question I even ask myself tonight is this, are we making the most of every opportunity that has been afforded unto us? Again, we say we're not able to go and do, and yet there's a telephone call that could be made. There's a text message even that could be sent. It costs you nothing but a few moments of your time, but it might encourage someone else. It encourages me to be able to call the members of our church and talk to them and and spend time with fellowship with them over the telephone only to find that others have been calling them as well. And they have been calling others also. That encourages me to know that I serve in a church where people truly care about one another and they call upon one another and lift each other up even in this dark day in which we live. That's what it means to redeem the time. As we look at this scripture tonight, One thing I'd like for us to realize or understand or think upon is this, the reality of time. The reality of time. Can I tell you tonight that time is precious. Time is one of the most valuable commodities that we take for granted. What is your time worth to you? When you go and interview for a job, you sit down across from that employer and y'all begin to discuss wages. He offers you a certain dollar per hour that you may come and work for him. And so there you put a value on your time. My time is worth X amount of dollars per hour. It might be $7 per hour. It might be $17 per hour. It might be $27 per hour. I don't know what your time is worth to you, but time is valuable. Something else that we find is that not only is time precious, but time is pressing. One thing I have learned is that there is always something waiting to take your time. And it seems the older you get, the more things there are waiting in line that they might absorb your time. And if you're not careful, you will find yourself to be so busy So very busy doing so many different things that you're not able to focus on anything and to do that one thing well. Time is pressing. And the one thing that we are absolutely sure of is that they're not making any more of it. We are assured of this that there are but 24 hours in a day. There are seven days in a week. There are 52 weeks in a year and the list goes on and on and on. We do not know how many years we have, but we know that God has afforded each and every one of us so many. What are we going to do in those so many years that have been given unto us? Time is precious. Time is pressing. And one thing we are absolutely assured of is this, time is passing. Time waits for no one. I've been told again and again, and I'm sure you have heard this throughout the entirety of your life. The older you get... The faster time goes. I always thought as a young person that that old people just made that up. That was something that they just said just to be saying something. You know how you are as a child. You look to old people and you think they don't know anything because as a young person, you know absolutely everything. You have got the entirety of the world figured out. You know what is right. You know what is wrong. And there's not someone older than you that could tell you any different. But these older people, they come up and they tell you the older you get, the more you're going to find that time goes by quicker and quicker and quicker. And I never believed that until I started getting older. And it seems now that the older I get, the more I realize that those older people were exactly right in what they would say. Time goes by faster and faster and faster. It seems that since I hit about 35 years old, that clock began to speed up a little bit. And then when I hit 40 years old, uh, that clock just seems like it zips around and around and around and it just does not stop. Time is precious. Time is pressing. Time is passing. The Bible says that life is but a vapor. You think about the life that God has afforded you. You think about the gift of life that has been offered unto you. And you think, if I live to see 70 or 80 or 90 years, that would be a good old age. But in comparison to eternity, that is but a drop in a bucket. We've only been given so many years. Are we going to redeem the time that God has given unto us? Not only do we see or think upon the reality of time, but we look here at Ephesians in chapter number 5 and verse number 16. And we see that the Apostle Paul gives reference to time. Throughout the Scriptures, you'll find that as the Lord would speak, as other writers would speak, those who have been divinely inspired to pen the words of the Scriptures, you find it again and again and again, as, as human beings, as men and women, as flesh and bone and blood, this side of eternity we find again and again that we are to know difficult times. There are difficult times. You cannot get around it. You look at the day in which we live. These are difficult days. I can't help but to think of one of our dear ladies who is a member at this church and has been here for quite a while. And right now she is in, a, in, in, a, in an assisted living and she is not able to get out. She's not able to have visitors. She's not able to go and do the things that she is so used to doing. For her, this is absolutely difficult times. And we, we pray for her. And I'm absolutely sure that, that she is praying for me. But she is knowing difficult times. You cannot escape it. You look throughout the New Testament. You would find that the apostles would know difficult times. Here we are on the Sea of Galilee. Everything seems to be okay. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, this storm begins to brew and the disciples fear for their very lives. They knew difficult times. The apostle Paul was a man who would preach the gospel and do everything the Lord had called him to do. And yet he would know difficult times. You look at David, who was a man after God's own heart, and yet he would know difficult times. There is not a man, but a woman that has not known difficult times at some point in their life. Not only do we find in the Scriptures that men and women, young people, and all the rest will know difficult times. But the Bible says, and the Apostle Paul writes, that we will know dangerous times. Look over, if you will, at 2 Timothy, in chapter number 3 and verse number 1. The Apostle Paul is writing over to young Timothy, and I, I apologize, I have marked this down wrong somehow. Second Timothy And chapter number 3 and verse number 1. No, I didn't mark it down wrong. I was just looking in the wrong place. Paul is writing to young Timothy. Here we have this seasoned man of God who is writing to this young man, this young man that would be called to, to become a pastor. Paul looks to young Timothy or writes to young Timothy, remembers young Timothy, and he writes these words about things that will soon come to pass. Timothy... This know also, uh, in addition to all the things that I've told you up to this point, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now that word perilous literally means dangerous. Dangerous times. Timothy, dangerous times are just around the corner. Timothy, in the last days you are going to know times unlike the day in which you live even now. Now, when are the last days? I believe Paul was looking for the last days. I believe Timothy was looking for the last days. Throughout the centuries, men have been looking for the last days. We are now looking for the last days, but we know that any day after the day in which Jesus Christ descended into glory is one of the last days. Now, those last days have lasted for about 2,000 years now. And it could be another 2,000 years uh, before the Lord Jesus Christ would come to receive His church. But what we do understand according to the Word of God is this. In the last days there will be perilous times. There will be dangerous times. Not only difficult times, but dangerous times as well. According to what Paul is writing here in this letter to the Ephesian church, the Bible speaks of deceptive times. You're going to know difficult times. You're going to know dangerous times. But be assured you are going to know deceptive times. Look at verse number 16 once again. Redeeming the time, making the most of the time that has been given unto you because the days are evil. You look here in the book of Ephesians in chapter number 5 and the Apostle Paul is writing to this church. He's writing about the many things that might cause them to turn away from God. To turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ and turn back unto that sinful lifestyle in which they once lived. You can't help but today to understand, to realize, to, to recognize that as a Christian, it seems that Satan aims all the host of hell at you that he might deceive you. That he might make you think that you can get by with this and nobody would ever know. Even as Christians, you say, but wait, you're telling me that if I accept Jesus Christ to be my savior, everything's not going to be pie in the sky by and by. You're telling me that if I were to be saved, to be born again, I'm going to know difficult times. I'm going to know dangerous times. I'm going to know deceptive times. Absolutely. That's what the Bible teaches. That's not my opinion. That's what you find according to the word of God. You look throughout the Scripture and you will find that the world hated the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they hated the Lord Jesus Christ, certainly they're going to hate you and me if we're doing all that we can that we might live a life that resembles that in which He lived. And so surely we're going to know deceptive times. I can't help but to think about the many times that Satan tries to whisper in my ear. Nick, you ought to do this. Nobody's ever going to know. Nick, you can get by with that. Nick, you can uh, take a little here. You can give a little there. Nobody's ever going to know, and you've known that voice. It might be in this case. It might be in another. But be absolutely assured, you have heard that deceptive voice ringing in your ear time and time again, Redeem the time because the days are evil, and certainly we know that we're living in evil days. We know that the the evil that is amongst us today is unlike the evil that we have ever known in this nation or at least in my lifetime. You uh, You look at the murder rates. You look at the crime rates. You look at all of these things and surely you cannot deny that we are living in an evil day. Not only an evil day, but even today we find that we find those perilous or dangerous days as well. So what do we do in light of all this? Paul says redeeming the time. Again, that word redeem or redemption means to buy up. It literally means to make the most of. Make the most of. Redeem those times. Those hours that God has given unto you, redeem those. Make the very most of them that you absolutely can. Those days, those weeks, those months, every opportunity God places before you when that person is in your path and the Lord speaks to your heart. That says, I'd like for you to minister to that person. I'd like you to witness that person. I'd like for you to offer that person a gospel track. I would like for you to do this, or I would like for you to do that. When God puts that on your heart, redeem the time. Make the most out of that opportunity. When God says, I want you to cover that meal for this person, cover that meal and not question God about it. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity God has given. How are we to redeem the time? How are we to redeem the time? Paul tells us here in Ephesians in chapter number 5. Paul talks about the Christian's walk. There's a song, and I've mentioned it here at Spring Street Baptist Church before, and I always get the words mixed up because it's kind of a tongue twister. But there's this old gospel song that says, Your walk talks, and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. You look at that word walk here, it's mentioned three times in Ephesians chapter number 5. When Paul uses the terminology that we are to walk, he's not talking about the physical walk. He's not talking about putting the left foot in front of the right and then the left in front of the right and making your way from one point to another. When the Apostle Paul talks about the Christian's walk, he's talking about the Christian's life. That life that you live day in and day out. Close your eyes for just a moment. Think about the day that God has blessed you with even today. What have you done today? What have you done to glorify God today? What have you done to spend time alone with God today? Did you have your prayer time this morning? Did you take time to get along with God? Did you take time to read His Word? Not that uh, that only you offer your prayer to Him. Not that only you are the one side of the conversation, but that you take time to get alone and study God's word that he might speak in return unto you. Redeem the time. Think about that walk. Think about your life. What are you doing with the life that God has given you? Paul says here in verse number two, that as Christians, as children of God, that we are to walk in love. Look at verse number 1, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. You look in the Bible in 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 8, the apostle John's writing that epistle and says this, God is love. We are to walk in love, why? Because number 1, God is love. Not only does the Bible teach us that, that God is love, but the Bible tells us in John chapter number three sixteen that God so loved. God is love, and God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ is speaking with His disciples in John chapter number 15 and verse number 13. And he knows that he is drawing very near unto that point in which he will give his life at Calvary. And in John chapter number 15 and verse number 13, he looks to his disciples and offers these words. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That is the, that is the love that God would so desire of you and I. Jesus Christ gave his life. Why? Because he loved us. God loved us enough that he would send the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ loved us enough that he would give his life. Matthew chapter number 22 verses 36 through 40 and I I refer to these verses again and again and again. And the Lord said we are to love our neighbor as ourselves." If you are going to Walk with God and redeem the time. You're going to have to do so by living a life of love. Walking in love. Why? Because God is love. God so loved. No greater love hath any man than this. And Christ has commanded us to love one another. If we're going to redeem the time, we're going to have to live the life of light. Look at verse number 8. Ephesians chapter number 5. For ye were sometimes darkness. But now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You were once in darkness, you were once in sin. You were once lost and undone. But now you are in the light. Walk as children of light. Again, we look to first John chapter number one and verse number five. And John writes that God is light. Jesus Christ said in John chapter number eight and verse number twelve, "I am the light of the world." In First Peter in chapter number two and verse number nine, the apostle is uh, writing, and in First Peter in chapter number two, the Bible says this: "But ye, writing to the Christian, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people." that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You can't help but to get the mental image of the light versus darkness. And when you think of darkness, certainly your mind goes toward evil things. Certainly your mind goes toward the night when the dirty deeds are done. Surely you think about those things that are wicked. Those things that are of the devil. Those things that are done in dark that they may be hid. And then you think of the light. You think of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you think of Almighty God. And the Bible says we have been called from the darkness. For we all have at one point walked in darkness. There was a time in each and every one of our lives that we were lost within our sin. There was a time that there was no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was at that point, it was at that time, that we were in darkness. But God has called us from darkness into light. We have been called into the light which is God. Matthew, excuse me, Jesus says, ye are the light of the world. It was in John chapter number 8, Jesus said, I am the light. And Matthew chapter number 5, Jesus says, ye are the light. And then He goes on and gives this command Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and honor your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine. This is walking in light. Walk in such a way, working to glorify God, that others might see the the light of God within you. I want my life to resemble the life of Christ. I don't say that to mean that I want to give my life at Calvary. I don't say that to mean that I want to to be Christ. But I want to try to emulate Him. I was talking to a young man today. And we were talking about the Scriptures. We were talking about some of the things that are taking place all around us. We were talking about other churches and what other people believe. We were talking about the Bible. What God's Word has to say concerning all of these things. I don't much concern myself with what someone else's opinion is. I don't much concern myself with what another denomination makes according to the Scripture. What matters to me is what thus saith the Lord. And so we were talking about these things. And... Uh, A specific name was mentioned, and I will not mention it here. It's not, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And a specific name was mentioned and the doctrine that this person stands on, the way they act, and the things they do, and they claim to do so for the cause of the gospel. They do this and, and they do that allegedly that God might be glorified. But then you look at their tactics and you look at the way in which they do things. They stand in a pulpit and and run other people down. And they make claims concerning one thing and another that are against what God's Word has to say. They talk bad about certain people. If you're not a, a, if you don't look the right way and dress the right way and talk the right way and walk the right way and do everything just the way that preacher thinks you ought to do, then they will have nothing to do with you. And they get up and they begin to talk down on people and bully people and, and they do this and they do that. And I ask myself, where in the scripture do you find that the Lord Jesus Christ has ever done such a thing? That is not walking in light. We have been called into the light. We are representatives. I think one thing that we forget oftentimes is this. We are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has put the Holy Spirit of God within us. And everywhere I go, People know that I've, I that I put my, my trust in Him and people know that I'm a Christian and people know that I'm a pastor and people know that I'm a church member and people know all of these things. They cannot see Christ, but I hope and desire that they can see Christ in me. And so the Bible says that we are to let our light so shine. Why? That people might glorify us and lift us up and, and sing our praises. Know that they might see our Father who is in heaven. That He might be glorified. That He might be lifted. And that at some point, maybe, just maybe, that person would put their trust in him as well. We're to live a life of love. We're to live a life of light. And finally, in verse number 15, the Bible says that we're to live a life of learning. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil, a life of learning. One thing I have learned or one thing I have found since I've become a Christian is that you never stop learning. They've asked theologians, men who know this book far, far, far better than I ever would. Who have spent years and and years studying the word of God and they would stand and say, I have but scratched the surface. You could spend day in and day out reading this book and you would find again and again and again that God has a new word for you. A new message for you. This book is inexhaustible. One thing I have found since I have trusted Christ to be my Savior is that I continue to learn. And the more I learn, the more I so desire to learn. I've told our people here. I've told them not once, not twice, but many times. For every question I answer, I have two more questions. I'm sitting in my study. I'm reading. I'm thinking. I'm contemplating. I have a question. I begin to search the Scripture. And I begin to compare Scripture with Scripture. And I seek after wise counsel. And I do everything that the Bible commands me to do. And finally, I find the answer to that question that has troubled me. That question that has bothered me. But in the process, I find that I have two more questions that need to be answered. And when I answer those two more questions, guess what? There's two more for each of those. You never stop learning. The more you learn, the the more you desire to learn. There is a life of learning for the Christian. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 17, Paul writing of course to that church there at Corinth, and Paul writes these words, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 17, says therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, behold all things Or become new. When a man has trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, he is a new creature. Now, of course, we've got the same body, the same flesh, the same blood, and all the rest. But we're a new creature. God looks on us no longer as children of darkness, but He now looks upon us as sons and daughters. We are new creatures. We are literally a new creation in Christ. We have put on His righteousness, God looks at us as if there were no sin within our life. We are something brand new. We continue to read and look back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 1. And the Bible says that we are babes in Christ. So here we are and you kind of put these things together. That moment that you've been saved, you are a new creature. You grow just a little bit, you learn just a little bit, and you find that you are but a babe in Christ. And you continue to grow and you continue to feed upon the milk of the Word of God. And finally, in Ephesians in chapter number 4, you find that you are a new man. Look at verse number 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past failing have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness but ye have not so learned Christ if now watch this if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after god is created in righteousness and true holiness you see the life the timetable if you will of that new christian they start off as that new creation and they begin to learn they, they, they begin to study the Word of God. They begin to listen and, and to hear and to compare Scripture with Scripture and learn what they'll say at the Lord. And they become that babe in Christ. And as they feast upon the milk of the Word of God, their appetite begins to grow. You think of that young child as a, as a baby. You put that bottle in their mouth and uh, all of their nutrition comes from that milk. But when they begin to grow, they need a little more substance. And so you begin to add cereal to that milk. And they begin to drink that milk and eat that cereal. And they continue to grow and they begin to develop teeth. And now they're wanting soft foods. And it's only a matter of time they've graduated to mashed potatoes and gravy. And before you know it, they're sitting down to a four-piece chicken McNugget Happy Meal. Why? Because they're growing. So should the Christian grow. If we are to redeem the time, we're going to have to walk in or walk circumspectly. It is a life of learning, becoming that new man that the Apostle Paul teaches us of time and time again. I hope today you can sit back and think about the day that you've lived today. About this past week, the past month, even the past year. And I hope you could say that I have redeemed the time. I've made the most of every opportunity afforded me. And if not, I hope your prayer tonight. I hope that the desire of your heart is that you might say from this point out, starting today, starting at this very moment, every opportunity given me, I will redeem the time. I will do everything. I'm committing everything over unto the Lord. Lord, here am I. Send me. Do with me as you will redeem at the time because the days are evil. Father, we thank you for your goodness. God, we do thank You for the time that You've given us, the days, the weeks, the months, the years. And Father, I look and have no idea whatsoever Here's I have beyond this point. Lord, I hope You'd give me another 30, 40, 50 good years. But Lord, no matter what it is You give me, my heart's desire is that I might redeem every moment. Lord, that I might live a life that glorifies You. Lord, that I might live a life that others might look and say there's something different about that person. They don't do the things that everyone else does. They don't walk the way everyone else walks. They don't talk the way everyone else talks. They're happy when it seems they ought to be sad. They're cheerful even when it seems that everything's going wrong. I wonder what it is that they have. That's the life that I so desire to live. And so, Father, I pray that You would help me And Lord, I pray that You would help each one who is listening to this message tonight. And they say too, I'd like to redeem the time. I'd like to live a life that that glorifies my Father. I'd like to live a life that that lifts up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that You would work and that You would move. Lord, that You would do what, what only You can. Father, as we look and see that we live in an evil day even today, and we live in a dangerous day. Even today, I pray, Lord, that the church, that the church would continue to be strong. Father, I pray that the church would grow. Lord, I pray that you would send a revival to our land. Lord, I pray that there would be new life, that there would be a rekindling. Lord, that we would so desire to serve you, that there would not be an ear that had not heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would help us, that you would go with us, and that you would continue to do what only you can, for we ask it done in Jesus' name. Amen.